I and we're think live. we're live. <laughs> you you got the timing right on that one. Congratulations. Did did you get a notification from my LinkedIn? Um, I I got a notification from YouTube. Oh, I haven't uh, haven't checked yet. Should probably look at that. We um, are uh, trying to go live from my LinkedIn this time. Oh yeah, it's there. Oh no, we're here. We're here. We got see now. It's like a double. Double audio because I just had it on my phone. But hey, what's going on? Welcome, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the PM Shift featuring Greg and Kyle. Tom Groby is unavailable this evening due to some oh, personal commitments. You know, I didn't notice because he's usually not visible because it's so dark. Yeah, <laughs> right. He kind of just blends in with the background most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we will miss Tom tonight. He's um, spending some time with some family. Um, even here at Hospitality MD, we believe in work-life balance. Yeah, well, we just we shame him to his face and <laughs> on the show to everyone else publicly. Um, but yes, work-life balance. Okay, Tom. You're hey, look at Tom's, Tom's here. Got... What's going on, man? How you, you doing, must not Tom? Be busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably saw the notifications like, oh, you know, Screw this family time. Let me let me. That's a nice here. picture of Tom, by the way. Well, hey, yeah. what's going on, Mike? Thanks for tuning in, buddy. But yeah, that and is a nice working. picture of Tom. Look at that. See, that's what Tom looks like. Now, normally you can't see him, right? Right. So that that's uh that's his handsome face right there. But but anyway, we're live. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, you know, we're we're going live Sundays. What day is it today? <laughs> Tuesday. Tuesday and Thursdays. Yeah. Um, it was a, I think, oh, so last time we went live was Sunday. It's been a very busy Labor Day weekend uh, here in the hospitality industry with catering functions, just everything. Um, but we, we got through it. We're here. It was a great weekend. We made some money. Um, and then to hello good evening from omaha good evening from kansas city and good evening from reading pennsylvania good evening from chicago yeah so we got the midwest representing all right midwest is showing out tonight um but uh but yeah so tonight i'm actually at 2 a.m eastern i'm going to be driving to the philadelphia airport um to fly to chicago because uh, I'm doing a lecture and Q&A for the hospitality students at the College of DuPage, um, which will be really great. Greg and I are linking up because he's going to be recording video and audio, and we'll be posting that to YouTube shortly thereafter for everyone to watch. Um, so, yeah, so we're just busy doing a lot, worked all day doing this, then got to work some more, pack, drive. I'm pulling an all-nighter tonight, so um, – I already had a coffee like 30 minutes ago, so let's yeah, let's you fucking are, go. Oh wait, we got more Midwest showing up. Oh, Josh. Midwest showing out. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Former so, Chicagoan. Former Chicagoan, current St. Louis STL. Yeah. Look, no blackout time. No. Yes. <laughs> or did he get cut because he doesn't have lights? Yeah, we actually. Um, He's no longer. This is actually our our show where we're telling everybody that Tom is no longer with us because we couldn't deal with the uh, the lighting situation any longer. Yeah, just couldn't handle talking to a shadow the whole time. Yeah, but um, 
yes, Chicago in my heart, absolutely. Likewise, of course. Dylan, great to see you, buddy. Our friend Dylan's here, waiting for, uh, waiting to find out what time it is in Brazil. But um, maybe Paula's a little busy. Yeah, but actually, I just want to say thank you, everybody, for like flooding the comments right at the beginning of the show. Keep engaging, stay tuned. Uh, we don't want to lose you guys, so I say we jump right into our topic. It should be pretty engaging tonight. Uh, we have a post from a fellow hospitalitarian from the internet. Um, <laughs> finally, Tom, do you see this, bro? Do you see this? <laughs> he probably the audience up. has spoken. Yep. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> maybe he went back to his dinner. Look, yeah. So maybe Tom is. <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce it. Vampiric. And we need to be more understanding. He uh, he actually is probably more of a robot than a vampire. Yeah, um, he's actually recharging right now. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I can see in the dark so well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I will go ahead and put this post up here. Uh, there we go. Uh, would you like to read it or would you like me to read it? Yeah. Should I read it the same way I read it earlier? No, no please. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is what we found on the internet that we wanted to talk about today. So I'm aspiring to be a manager. I had the operational manager in my hands, but it got slipped for things that happened back in the day. However, learning from mistakes and applying it. My GM told me that I learned, need to learn how to be humble because I act like I know it all, which I don't find it fair because I learned it. What I learned, I try to pass it to new people, but apparently I'm saying it with the quote, know-it-all, unquote, attitude, but I don't feel it that way. Any advice that y'all can give me? It's a little hard to like comprehend this post, by the way, um, but I think we all get the point, right? Um, there's a guy, he wants to be a manager. He was up for it. He feels like he had it, but apparently some things that will go unmentioned that nobody knows about happened back in the day. And uh, the learning that he's taken away from his GM, the feedback is that they didn't promote him because he was too much ego, too arrogant, too know-it-all. Um, so he, but he still doesn't even agree with the feedback that his GM gave him. Any advice that y'all can give me? How about the advice that your GM gave you? Right to start with. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we don't know you, buddy. Yeah, he's going to, he wants the advice of random strangers of the internet before he's going to take the advice of the general manager that he works under. Yeah, that's something to be stated right off the bat. And again, I don't know this guy. We don't know him, never met him, don't really know his circumstances. But this post was pretty uh, intriguing. So we figured that we'd talk about it. So I guess like first things first, any guy, anybody in the comments that have any initial uh, thoughts or reactions about this perception can be everything. What do you mean by that, Suzanne? I'm curious to know. Yeah. So, so for, for me, I, I give him props, right? Cause at least he's, he's looking for advice. I take away the props when he's given advice and doesn't want to follow it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know to the extreme that that he's at right now, but I felt like when I was a young supervisor, young first time manager in my first property, I felt like I could do it all. Right. I know this. This is easy. Like, how can this be so difficult? But every time I got promoted to a new position, I realized that it's not that easy and it can be difficult. There's so much that you don't know. 
but if you're going to act and you're going to brag like you know it all, you you really don't. I'm sorry. You really don't know it all. I don't know it all. I think there's very few people in this world that, that I know that can say that they know it all. I feel like if Craig told me he knew it all, I believe him. <laughs> right. Well, and he would n- probably never say that. Exactly. Cause he also right. pr- doesn't believe that he knows it all. Right. Cause he knows there's always something that he doesn't know. Uh, so but, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Dylan says sometimes team fit is important. It might be that the workers approach conflicts with the team spirit and less contributory than divisive. You're really testing my pronunciation skills here, Dylan. And I'm I'm all for it. You know, I need some practice. But but uh, <laughs> no, you're you're correct. The way that you interact with your team is important. How can you lead somebody that you can't coach properly if you think you you know everything? Yeah, and and you know, part of it too is like because he says. Um, I act like I know it all, which I don't find it fair because I learned it. What I learned, I try to pass it to new people. Like just even like that rhetoric to me sounds like, um, what's the word? Just arrogant, I guess. Like I already learned it. So like, of course I know it all. I learned it. Right. He's already, I try to, I try to pass it to new people, but apparently I'm saying it with the quote, know it all, like this is an accusatory thing. And I don't feel that like it, it, I already like can read this post. I don't even know him. And I don't think I would promote this person because of the rhetoric in this post. Um, again, I, 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 how he's coming off with the know it all attitude, the perception by others is that he comes across as a know it all. So he has to figure out how to temper that down. So he's in alignment better with the entire team. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's spot on. Um, yeah. The perception is that he comes across as a know-it-all. Absolutely. He does. That's my perception. Here, Michael from YouTube. He sounds like he's telling people how to do things instead of showing them and explaining why his teammates need to know the information he's passing on. Right. So I think that's a good like comment to focus on for a second. Like there's a difference between telling people how to do things or what to do and and telling people what to do and how to do it because of your own ego and to make yourself look like the smartest person in the room like that's its own thing that happens versus right. humbly bringing people in on growing them developing them imparting some of your experience onto new people um mentoring them it's a totally different way of being a totally different way of interacting with your environment and the people around you. Um, You know, and, and I think I'm just trying to think of like verbiage that the difference in verbiage, like for the same situation, you know what I'm saying? First thing that comes to mind is, you know, you, you, like you said, just tell them how to, you're just telling them how to do it, right? This is how you do it. But really, nurturing that is showing them why you do it the repercussions of that what can happen and how it ultimately affects their job their guests like if you just tell them you have to you you have to check this high balance report because you have to because if you don't you're gonna get in trouble like that's not nurturing 
It's not right. helping them Right. Grow. You have to do that and you have to sign your initials on the checklist because this is how we're holding you accountable. Flexing versus sharing. Intention feeds the perception. Well said from a seasoned GM and Josh Schreiber. Yeah. yeah, is is he doing it and saying things because he wants to show that he knows it all instead of instead of helping these people grow and learn and and coach them? I and that's the perception the employees get is he's not he's not here for me. He's here for himself. He just likes to act like he knows everything. All right. He'd rather get high in his own supply or feed his own ego of, you know, wow, look how great of a hotelier I am. I'm such a good whatever I am. I, I, I don't even know what he, I would imagine that he's working in the front office of a select service hotel. That's what I'm getting at. Um, Yeah. I mean, if he's looking for an operational manager, right. That's, that's probably correct. They usually have an ops manager, Um, but he definitely needs to learn how to be humble. So, I mean, my advice Listen to your GM. Yeah, definitely listen to your GM. We actually had, um, I'm going to just do a small story from my weekend uh, out catering. Um, we had, uh, we were in a, a backyard tent wedding. Um, and we had a lot of people. So part of our success here at, at our hotel with having the hotel inside catering, outside catering is that, we staff share. Um, so for example, Sunday of Labor Day weekend, the restaurant was dead. So we brought the restaurant employees out to learn about catering, to get hours, to get um, money and stuff like that. So we had restaurant employees out and some of them had never been to an uh, off-premise catering function. So we have a tent for the caterer, we have the dining tent, and then we have a refrigerated catering truck. And it's time to serve salads and we have the salads on uh, that we've already pre-made on plates on bread racks in the truck. And now it's time to serve them. So somebody's standing in the truck, dressing the salads um, in real time and then passing it down. We're loading it onto trays and then the trays are being uh, lugged into the dining tent um, for people so they can be served. So the restaurant employees, we, you know, having empathy to them, there was confusion as to whether or not they were just going to put the trays on the tray jacks in the wings. Uh, you know, we had tray jacks positioned around the perimeter of the dining tent where the salads are coming off the truck. They're being dressed. They go off the truck, they go onto a tray and then they carry the train to the tent and people were confused. Do we serve the salads or do we leave them on the tray jacks until like everyone gets served at the same time? And it really, struck a chord with me like wow we really need to explain every little detail to people not because they're stupid but because they need to understand the why behind it yes you serve the salads right away and you bring back the empty tray because the salads are being dressed and they're being and they're coming off of the truck in a production in real time so there's only limited real estate of tray jacks to put the trays of salad so if we don't serve the salads then we're going to be stuck, overwhelmed, juggling all these trays with salads on them, and no one's going to have any food. There's no way that we can wait until all the salads are in the dining tent. It's just impossible. But until we, uh, unless we anticipate that or we don't teach people that, we can't expect them to know it. So instead of yelling at people and saying, are you stupid? Of course you serve the salads. Let's regroup for a second. This is why we're doing it. This is why it's important. This is why 
this is different than you're used to in the restaurant because the restaurant is a la carte and the catering is food production. And we're in a tent in a truck outside in someone's backyard, not in a commercial kitchen with a restaurant. Like everything is different and we have to empathize with people. So um, in, in the, in the case of this gentleman here who uh, has this issue, um, the same sentiment applies. You can't just expect people to know things because you know them or think people are stupid if they don't know something that you don't know because you're only as strong as your team. So if I was walking around at the function like I'm the smartest person in the room and everyone's stupid, it would have gone down negatively. They would have had a bad experience and it would have been my accountability at the end of the day. So instead of being the smartest person in the room, we just had to realign the team and, and make sure that everybody was on the same page humbly and gracefully. And then we were successful. So I know that was kind of a, a rant a little bit, but I thought it was a relevant story to, um, oh, I'm to the, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, you don't have to worry about being the smartest person in the room. That, that you don't have to worry about that. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> it was a great story. So um, Dylan thinks you quoted NWA earlier. So you might Do be working tell. on your part. I, I don't know which line, what he said. that it was. Yeah, like, you know, Dylan, when, you're going to have to specify. You know who NWA is? Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. Yeah. I couldn't tell you anything by them, but I know who they are. <laughs> Yeah, so no, I, I hope he's not working on his bars because if we have to do a hospitality MD rap every night, I'm going to have to. Yo, 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 yo. I'm going to have to go with the, on the Tom route and just leave Kyle on his own. Yeah, you do not want to tune in for that. <laughs> no, definitely. Well, uh, that no, that really was a, a great story and a, a great way to, to really showcase what what this young aspiring manager needs to think about as as he moves forward you know he's he could learn a lot from uh oh <laughs> don't get high in your own supply oh. <laughs> that's right that's right mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> but you know this this young man can can learn a lot from reading leadership books listening to leadership podcasts listening to some of the guests that we've had on our show and you know that that Suzanne's had on, on their no vacancy shows. Like there's just, there's so many people to learn from and grow from and, and, and aspire to be like, um, if you just want to be the manager to be the boss, there's no place for you in this industry. In my opinion, it's really not. And, and you'll be unhappy doing it too. You'll be extremely unhappy. If that's all you're doing it for. Unless they're really happy and they get off on it, but. Cause it's, it's just too much work. You know, to be to like that's not gonna sustain you the feeling of 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 uh of power. But when you treat people right, what actually happens as a result is not that your power grows, but your influence grows. So you become more influential in people's lives. And wouldn't you rather be influential to somebody in a positive way than powerful to them in a negative way? I that would be me. Um, yeah. Yeah, same here. I'd rather I I enjoy seeing people's success and you know and seeing my small part and and how they got there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I attribute uh, a pretty significant portion of my success to you, um, as you should. <laughs> I, I no, but for real though, I should and I do. Um, so you're influential to me in that sense. 
Um, but you didn't, when I showed up not knowing anything, you didn't put me down with a know-it-all attitude. As a matter of fact, we actually had somebody that we worked with at the time that was pretty much the exact same person that is being described or that this gentleman is, is kind of perceived as, and he was fired. Wasn't he? Didn't he get fired? Um, didn't you I'm fire not, him? I'm not sure who you're talking about, but we can I talk can't about that. Tell you. Actually, I'll put it in the private chat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, I, I brought you on as a, what you were 17 at the time, yeah. working your first actual job um, besides being a, a paper boy. And yeah, I wasn't going to have a know-it-all attitude with, with you because you would have just... Uh, you would have just ran off. Uh, no, that that young man quit on his own. He quit. He quit yeah. on his own. Um, yeah. you know that that wasn't going to be an efficient way for me to to maximize your potential. And that whole team was young, right? I think everybody was in their teens to low twenties. Yeah, and you were young too. I was. Yeah, you were I like twenty eight. Yeah, I was twenty eight. <laughs> 28 first time department head team with no experience absentee leadership on the executive level um deteriorating property it was so much fun but we had fun and that team stayed together the entire time i was there yeah with the exception of few here and there the team pretty much all stayed together and we went through we went through the shit together we went through the owners showing up and saying we're shutting down basically the entire hotel. <laughs> well, that's when we all started to. That's when we all started to leave. <laughs> well, you were already uh, you're already going off to college, and then right. the rest of us took off. But it was like when I think back, I didn't even. I was so ignorant to like what was actually happening at the time. Like I was just like sitting there, like 17, 18, and I'm just like. I remember sitting in the ballroom and we're all sitting there. I wasn't even supposed to be in that meeting because I was hourly. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course you snuck your but way. But I there. was just in there because Yeah. I, what was I'm not gonna not show up to the meeting when somebody's showing up to close down the hotel. It's like, yeah, I'm showing up. <laughs> um so I'm sitting there, 17, 18 years old, and they're basically I mean, they're literally looking people no, no more groundskeeping. We're shutting down the golf course. No more sales. No more bank. They're closing the banquet space. Right. We're we're bulldozing the 50,000 square feet of function space that we have. That's absolutely beautiful. And then people are like, and I remember distinctly, I remember the, the uh, director of groundskeeping who had been there for decades, distinctly remember this. He raises his hand and he's like, so am I just supposed to like let the water in the pipes just, I'm sorry to laugh, but he's like, am I just supposed to let the water in the pipes just freeze over the winter and just abandon everything and just let the whole place deteriorate? And like, they didn't even know what to say to him because here he is being fired basically in a group setting in front of everybody. And he's still like taking pride in like the fact that he maintained this 250 acre property for decades and he actually um, did a great job the grounds lovely always job. looked beautiful lovely always. lovely job you know it wasn't his fault that they were 
potholes the size of uh you know my my street out here um that i mean that wasn't him but the rest of the grounds was just gorgeous it was immaculate that was a man who was meticulous took pride cared about his job and it wasn't his fault but the point of me saying this is i didn't even know the magnitude of what was going on first hotel job and they're shutting it down the whole place is in bankruptcy they have a mass shooting a few years later um but that's still to this day probably my favorite hotel that i've worked um because yeah. i remember just like the, what i loved about it was just like walking the, the hotel like it was in and just like seeing people like back when it was busy, like we had like a summer where it was actually busy there. And like the, the first summer the, that we were there. Yeah. The pool, like you walk by and it's like, boom, indoor pool, like pop in, you go boom, outdoor pool, pop in um, people at the, the splash bar by the pool, like actual like food and beverage operation in like five, five food and beverage outlets, all operating busy with people. The look of disgust on the kid's face in the swampy mini golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was not perfect by any means but it was no. just cool to be there oh banquets functions you walk back like which by the way it was like a half hour walk to get from like the lobby <laughs> to the to the banquet space um, right which was cool it was like let's just go on a walk and see oh the the um pants room that was like an abandoned locker room from like 1970. Oh yeah, yeah. The, like there was like so many hiding spots in the hotel that you could go to. Yeah, um, we had nice, huge um, penthouse suites. Those oh, were yeah. always go on this up on the sixth floor with a huge deck, huge um, outdoor deck. And then I remember like when you were MOD, it was just like because we had the weekend manager on duty program, so like. It would just be like, oh, we're just gonna go into the restaurant and have prime rib and just eat and drink <laughs> and just hang out. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I can bring a guest. All right. Yeah. Who's uh Kyle? You want to come today? You know, yeah. you can come today. And right. It, it was, was just like fun. fun. Like that was like the first moment where it's like, okay, this business is just fun in general. It's a lot yeah. of it's just a good time. Uh, you know, driving to taking driving the van to Walmart, uh to pick up like 15 box fans because all the air conditioners were broken in the hotel. It was like, you're just rolling with the punches, having a good time. It didn't even matter, honestly. It was just, we were just doing the right thing, hanging out, being with the guests, um, being with each other, just putting in the hours, putting in the fun. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that, that job was, that, that hotel was a lot of fun. And I think uh, we were able to have, as much fun as we did because I had enough leeway to run the department my way. So in a way, the absentee manage, uh, executive management was almost like a blessing, right? Because they didn't really meddle in what we did. The shifts were covered. Guests were as happy as they could be. So they kind of left us alone to do our thing. Yeah. Um the only thing that maybe absentee management could have focused on was maybe sales. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just, but I, I empathize with sales because they did the best they could to put business in the hotel of like, what kind of rate could you really demand in the market? What kind of group business were you competing with? What kind of function business were you competing with? Like 
they did they did as best as they could. Um, and a lot of people there were very tenured. Um, and oh, yeah. everyone, there were people who really cared who worked there. I mean, they were there for, some of them were there for over 20 years, right? 30, I think, at some point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so so they cared. We had a our, our director of revenue. She was great. Um, she was very involved in what we did and sometimes was like, well, maybe you shouldn't do that. I'm like, nah, we're fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but she was on top of it and she, she did her job and just wanted us to do ours and kind of let us do our thing. But we had a, it was a really good summer. The next, that winter though was tough. And then to the next summer, it just wasn't, it just wasn't the same. It wasn't no. Same. And, and it's like, looking back on it it made sense because it's like what's the first thing you do when you know you're getting ready to close the hotel you stop, stop spending, spending money. money yep um so it was like in retrospect we probably could have all seen it coming like if we knew what we knew today back then we would have predicted that at the end of the season they're going to close this place down right yep um Cause, and then we would see uh, the regional coming in. He came in a few times. We saw the GMs coming in and out. How many GMs did we have? Oh, we had like three or four. While we, I mean, we is had... anybody still with us in the comments? By the way, let's see who's there. I, I'm loving this conversation right now. I don't know if anybody else cares. We're putting him to sleep with our with our story here. <laughs> yeah, I. This is. I don't know. I'm having a good time. Maybe people in the comments are. Let me know if you're still with us. But we had how many GMs? Probably what? Four, three? I think we had three by the time we were we were done there. Maybe even I think it was three. Pretty sure yeah. it was three. So right. And with one, I think we had one task force. Uh, I don't remember. I'm currently, house giving me super random part of town. I like to be a gentleman. I'll read it out loud. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. This is the live show. Suzanne, if you're still watching, you're better at this than I am with the live show. So thanks for commenting, Cyan. Um, and uh, if you're just seeing us for the first time, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. But thank you so much. So you're currently a housekeeping supervisor and part of task force. I would like to be a general manager one day. What should be my next move? I was thinking about learning night audit do you want to go first greg or should i uh I, I can go first okay i think you you could you could learn night audit um you you have a good understanding of rooms right because you're, you're a housekeeping supervisor probably were a housekeeper at some point right so you you know the room side yeah you don't know how to check somebody in um most general managers have to have some sort of sales or food and beverage experience, which I think Kyle might even touch on when he gets to his point. So if you can get to, if you want to do night audit or just front desk for a little bit of time, just to say that, you know, you've done it, you experienced it. Great. Um, but if you can get into a sales role, sales coordinator, or even get into food and beverage and work your way up and try to be a supervisor there, I think that'll get you a lot further than, than working night audit. Yeah, I would totally agree. But my first thing to say, Cyan, is decide what type of general manager you want to be. Do you want to be a full service GM or do you want to be a select service GM? If you want to be a select service GM, I would recommend having exposure to sales because there's very little infrastructure and support 
aside from like a corporate oversight that you might have if you're with a management company, if you're at a select service hotel. So most hotels might have a cluster director of sales that oversee, you know, maybe three to five hotels in a, in a radius. If you have the support of a, of a regional management company or a larger management company, um, maybe your hotel is lucky enough to have a director of sales on property, but chances are you're going to be on your own out there in the world. Um, uh, so Dylan thinks that she would also benefit immensely from the next Florida Atlantic online hospitality certificate program for immersive learning. Yeah. They, they do a lot of great, great stuff down there. That's uh Dr. Ricci's score, right? If I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they, they do a lot of great programs. Definitely look into that. I mean, Dylan, I don't know if you can let us know. I, I don't know if we talked about it a couple of weeks ago where, um, what his, career path was what did he start off as and where did he get experience to get oh we at? didn't yeah maybe dylan if you could chime in with your advice for cyan as well because cyan if, if you're still with us dylan and you should watch his episode by the way from just a few days ago um we had him on the live show dylan is an award-winning select service general manager so you can learn a lot from him um so anyway as i was saying so if if you're a select service GM, you're not going to be surrounded with as much infrastructure or support. So I would recommend having some exposure to sales because you will be massively successful and you'll be the regional and corporate people will look at you with a higher regard if you can speak the language to them with an understanding of sales because that's what they're looking at. Um, a lot of times with select service GMs, they did night audit, they did housekeeping, they get promoted to GM and they oversee the daily operations of the hotel. They keep everything going. They ensure the, the, the guest experience. They help maintain the asset. But a lot of the revenue generation the, uh, and the sales management is done at the corporate level because they just don't have the talent at the property level to be able to do it. So if you can speak the language of sales as, as a select service GM, you're winning. And you're going to be great, uh, looked at in a highly, highly regarded by the corporate office and by the ownership. If you want to be a full service general manager, just don't do, don't even do front desk. It's not necessary. I would say go to food and beverage, preferably catering, because when you're looking at a food and beverage operation as a whole, um, your, um, uh, your a la carte restaurant, like your, your restaurant uh, and food and beverage a la carte in a restaurant is far less likely to, to make money. Um, and some ownership is just okay with it losing money because it's an amenity to the hotel as a full service hotel. Um, yeah, a lot of brands require it. So for them, as long as they break even, you know, or like you said, even lose money, then they're, it is what it is. But with catering, it's a, you're producing food. You know how many people are coming, you know what the, the menu is the same. So you know how much to order, you know how many staff you need to execute each function. So there's a, you can basically guarantee that you're going to make money on every job that you do because you can do the math. Okay. How much does the food cost? What is my desired food cost percentage? how much labor do I need to execute the job? Okay, now how much do I charge for it to make my desired um, margins? And if you can, 
if you can understand this and you have an understanding of catering and you can understand how to make money in it, what items to sell, what people like, all those different things. And then you can go to a corporate office or ownership of a full service hotel and say, I have a comprehensive understanding of rooms back of house. I've led, you know, um, you know, diverse teams in housekeeping. And now I have a proven track record of making money in catering and food and beverage. And here was the impact of that revenue generation, not only in food and beverage, but also the auxiliary rooms revenue with a higher profit that came in as a result of that. So if you can, you can demonstrate that to somebody, you'll be in a good position to be a general manager. So I would highly, highly recommend, first of all, deciding what type of general manager you want to be, because that's important. And then based on that, go and, and decide your, your path from there. But I think but what Greg and I are both saying is no business has ever been successful without a sale. So arming yourself with the tool belt of sales is extremely important. Being able to speak the language of sales is important. And if you're in a full service environment, your rooms are going to be profitable no matter how you manage them for the most part, just because of the rate that you're going to get. Um, but food and beverage is a great opportunity, particularly in catering to make money um, and demonstrate to ownership. So sales and food and beverage are key no matter where you go. Right. So Dylan started as a PM desk and night auditor part-time really took those audit shifts to do as much as he could to benefit the workplace, take management tasks on and become indispensable. I held a belief, I held a belief to make a mere percentage improvement in my workplace every day, even if overnight. Well said. Yeah, really well said. Um, not a lot of people do that, which is why Dylan is, you know, separate from the pack. Absolutely. Yeah. And one yeah, thing I'm that sorry. I want to highlight about Dylan um, that he mentioned on his show is like as a select service GM, he really focuses a lot on, um, on the engineering department the uh, property maintenance and problem solving. Um, one owner told me, if you can run your house, you can run a hotel. And I think that makes sense for select service hotels, particularly. Um, the example that Dylan gave on the show, which I encourage you to hear it from his words, was that they need they have uh, motion censored lights in the rooms or something. And uh, the they needed a, a plate cover for the for the, the sensor and the manufacturer that they ordered it from upon the opening of the hotel five years ago was only selling the entire thing and it was like you know sixty dollars or something crazy like that so instead of just saying no or instead of saying i'm just going to accept this and pay the sixty dollars per room he went deeper and found who that um supplier what their manufacturer is who gets the part and went to china to get the single part that he needed for pennies on the dollar and save the hotel thousands of dollars so if you are wanting to be a gm that's another skill that you should learn is just a general overall business thought process of just okay what can i do to be smart about the decisions I'm making for the business. And that's a really good example of one of them is not really letting a roadblock get in your way of being successful in your business. 
um, and scrutinizing the decisions that you make for your business. So there's a lot that goes into being a GM, but I would, I mean, I think those are three things, sales, problem solving and business acumen, people management, which you're learning really well in housekeeping, I'm sure. Um, so keep, keep on that and take away as much as you can from housekeeping and then also food and beverage. Yeah. And, and know that that people management kind of ties into what we started the day off with, right? It's how your team perceives you, how you train them. What's, what's your ultimate goal in, in managing them? If it's for yourself, you're not going to get anywhere. People will see right through it. So you got to be there for them because if you're there for them, they're going to lift you up. And, help you and I yeah. Yeah. And I would also recommend finding a mentor just somebody you can like work with, ask questions with. So maybe you're on task force right now. Maybe if you like the GM that you're working for, stay in touch with that GM and bounce ideas off of him or her as you're coming up. Um, or if you had a director of housekeeping that you worked with, you want to, you know, whatever you can to just have somebody who is a support for you as you're growing is important. And uh, Greg and I will be there for you too, if you need it. Yeah, so. I was going to say, yeah, jump on in anytime you want. Ask yeah. For, or send ask us a message advice. or, yeah, we appreciate you asking for advice. I'm curious if you found this show because it's titled advice for aspiring hotel managers. Oh, that's a good title. I didn't even know that's what it was called. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if that's how she found it, or if you're, you know, already a subscriber on because it was over on YouTube. So, just, uh, I'm just curious for my end. But um, if anybody else listening after the fact has any questions or wants some advice, put it in the comments, and we can uh, we can talk about it next time we go live. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, but it looks like it's uh, it's around that time. It's around that time, and I have to be flying, or not flying, but driving to Philadelphia in four hours, and uh, <laughs> yeah. there's still things to accomplish. I still have to work. Actually, yeah, well, but... I got and I got to pack all the gear for Thursday because I'm not coming home tomorrow. So yeah, got to mm -hmm. do all that, um, and I got to work a desk shift tomorrow morning. So lovely. Yeah, lovely. yeah, it's it's a great great thing. And uh, Dylan, thank you. I uh, came up with it myself. Oh, what a oh, great title. Yeah, great title. for sure. So, all right. So we will uh, uh, try to go live on Thursday. Um, Kyle might be traveling. He might not be. We might all we actually might be live in the same same area. So that might be. Oh, true. So maybe it'll just be earlier. Like, who knows? We'll just well, figure something we'll out. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Because, you know, we don't want to leave Tom out unless he didn't fix his light. Then we'll leave Tom because <laughs> he's got to work till 530. So um yeah we'll we'll try to go live thursday if not um hopefully kyle and i can go live this coming sunday uh tom actually will not be available because he's gonna go enjoy some more work-life balance and go visit uh actually close to dylan's neck of the woods he'll be up in washington so nice uh, yeah i hope he uh hope you, he enjoys tom. himself uh dylan says good luck with the speech kyle have a good work morning Kirk. appreciate you thank you dylan I need the uh, I need that little extra push. It's gonna be a long day. I'm looking forward to it. This is what we do. So we'll uh, we'll catch you later, Kyle. Yes, for, uh... logging out. Thank you, All everybody, right. for listening. We love you. Bye.